0: You're listening to episode number 28 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Or just tell your friends. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here. Welcome to Living the Dream. My name is Rory O'Malley. I'm the host of Living the Dream. And my guest this week is Christine Lakin. The best. One of my dearest friends, Christine and I met working for Mr. Gary Marshall at the Falcon Theater in Burbank, California on Happy Days the Musical. It always goes back to Happy Days the Musical. It was a great time in both of our lives, and I learned so much from Christine at that time. I was just getting into the business, and she was already a pro. She was in Step by Step on ABC TGIF, and if you're around my age... You know how big of a deal that is. She has uh, been through so many ups and downs, and she is just so tough. She is so much fun, and I really have always looked up to how she conducts herself in this business. She's very proactive, and she's always doing something right now. She is producing and starring in a TV show on pop TV called Hollywood Darlings which is her and Beverly Mitchell and Jodie Sweetin from Full House and Seventh uh, Heaven. They are playing themselves in these kind of like heightened car- versions of themselves in a, a kind of a mockumentary. And it is so funny. And it is so much fun for me to see Christine Lakin being this <laughs> crazy version of herself. And like... Being in every other scene with another 90s star that makes me feel like a kid again. So I highly recommend her show. I'm so glad I got to sit down and talk with Christine about the old days and how far we've come and how she stays so positive and proactive in our crazy, crazy industry. Here is my conversation with Christine Lakin. And I'm, I have still not met. Your little one. I know, She's just in leave. the other room. You're gonna die. You're I know. Gonna love it so much. You think much. that I'm here for a podcast? No, I'm not. You're just here. I, really, I yeah. stalk my child. Yeah, know. it's my day off. <laughs> I'm in LA, and I'm here to see Georgia. Like this yeah. is the plan. Yeah. Um. So, hi, Christine.
1: Hi, Rory. This is. We have to
0: immediately talk about what just happened. Yeah, we It's do. one of the funniest things. that's happened to me in a long time. <laughs> so I've known Christine for a long time. Since when? Two thousand six.
1: Wait, no. Um... It was Happy Days the first time we worked together?
0: Yeah, but I remember I, I met you-, you during Cindy and the Disco Ball. Right. One of your greatest roles, Cindy.
1: Pretty much ever.
0: Yeah. And you were doing, so you were doing children's 2005. theater. 2005. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you I- were doing a children's show and I was doing either a Truby show or maybe... I think reading. you
1: guys had done Santa Claus's Coming to Motown yes. recently because I knew you from the pictures on the wall in the lobby.
0: Uh, th- which is one of the things <laughs> that many people know me from is, is being in Gary Marshall's theater. Right. On the wall.
1: Yeah. And then we became brother and sister on stage.
0: That's right. In Happy Days the and Musical. Happy Days the Musical. Yes. Which, you know, was <laughs> a glorious, wonderful experience, and we did that together at, at on Gary's theater at Gary's Theater, the Falcon in Burbank.
1: In Burbank. In Burbank. And then Burbank, I got to, to do um I think we did Oedipus together. Oh yeah. Were you already in New York and you came back yes. for 2 weeks to do Yes. I that? quit the my Getty.
0: census job. I was working for the <laughs> United States Census.
1: Oh, that's right. And I
0: like quit so that I could like come and do the show and
1: be out at the in the Palisades by the, Palisades. the beach just so that we could go yes, perform a show.
0: Of course. Why not? Why not? It didn't matter that I couldn't feed myself. Good
1: money. Well, back for a,
0: for a, a couple of weeks. <laughs>
1: yeah, for two weeks. Yeah. two weeks.
0: Two weeks. Great money.
1: Great. I'm gonna just quit then my no job. job. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I made so many healthy decisions back then. <laughs> but we but we got to work together at a really. I don't know. It was a very formative time for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had been in the business most of your life, and uh, but I still feel like. For everyone who was coming from different parts of their career, that was still a very special time.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, I feel like, for me, although I'd had this career as a child, i have been acting professionally. When I say professionally, I mean paid for. Yeah, yeah. Um, Since I was about eight. Right. And then, you know, had this long string of success on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Some of you might have watched it growing up called Step by Step.
0: Oh, yeah, that one. That one. <laughs>
1: um, on TGIF and did that until I was 19. And then from like 19 until you and I met, which was, gosh, I guess I was probably 20... Uh, I'm going to date myself, 26 or 27. Yeah. Um, I really, you know, I'd gone to college. I had been working. I'd done lots of guest stars and little independent films and things. Um, a lot of failed pilots, but hadn't had another sort of big thing happened in my career. Yeah. And, uh, I always knew like theater has always been my first love. It's what I did before I even did commercials in Atlanta. I mean, I was in a theater company and so I might have to take my dog out. I was in a, it's all
0: right. We have lots of dogs (laughs) on living the dream. Is that Cody or no? That's Cody. Yeah. He's, you know, he's the dog sat for Cody before. So you know how crazy he is. I know.
1: Um, But theater has always been my first love, and I always knew that it would save me. Does that make sense? I knew that I could go back to that, and that that would provide my soul with um, with a sense of uh, belonging and creating, and that it felt real to me.
0: Remind you why you... Remind did me why this.
1: I did this. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that no matter what else in my life, even if I decided to like get out of the business professionally and go do something else, that that, could, that was always a safe space for me. Right. And I credit Gary's Theater. I credit the Falcon, and the opportunities that started even with Cindy and then came through Happy Days. And then after that, the Trubies, which I did 12 or 13 shows with, Right. met my husband on that stage. Yeah. I mean, I really credit him and that whole environment with giving me some of the best friends of my adult life. Yeah. And I think Gary always, you know, laughed about how the theater could provide kids with like looking up from screens
0: and being like, what is that up yeah. there? You know, to Cody, this is not your podcast, sir. Cody, I think what she's saying is wonderful and I don't know why I disagree.
1: You're just, I know you want to be the star here, but
0: look, we all can't be the star. <laughs>
1: All right. Sorry. Your time is not, your time is not here yet.
0: You have two cute puppies.
1: Um, but I think, you know, I, I really do credit him with, with providing that space for me. Even the, he probably had no idea he was doing it, but man, I needed it. Yeah. I really needed it at that time. Yeah. Cause I think I could have gone a whole other direction of self-loathing and yeah. maybe some really bad choices. Yeah. And some bad behavior. Yeah. You know, it's easy in this town. Well, I mean, well,
0: in this town and especially being a child actor, like it's highly publicized a lot of, Mm -hmm. of kids who have gone into the business, had great success and then had a lot of difficulty afterwards. Mm -hmm. What do you think besides Gary and and that family, which I think was the same for me? um, uh, What do you think made you stay off the the drugs? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Get
1: out of the gutter and stay off the drugs. Yes. Uh, I have a real theory about why um, I did and why I think a lot of other child actors maybe didn't. And it's only my personal opinion. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and say that. My husband is a psychologist, but right. this is not his opinion either. Right. Um, I think for a lot of young people who start out in this career, and especially who have success very early on, mm-hmm. there are a couple things that happens. You're thrust into... An adult environment at a very young age, an environment that doesn't necessarily always have your best interests at heart. Depending on who the people are that are the producers of that show or production, um, you know who your advocates are your right. your child, your welfare worker, your teacher, or your parents. And I right. say I think parents is probably the most important in that equation because there's really the ones that can put their foot down when the you know the company or the production says actually we just need to go a few more hours is it okay if we just bend the rules a little bit well you get so many people bending the rules and bending the rules and then all of a sudden you get a kid who is absolutely utterly exhausted all the time and has no real life so even if you're making a lot of money you turn out to be 16 or 17, and you don't have that parental guidance kind of helping you also live a normal life, then, you know, this business is fickle. And we all know that yeah. as adults, when you choose it as an adult, I think you kind of, even if you're 19 and you're choosing it, I think you know that you're going to face some hardships and some ups and downs when you're six or seven or 10 and it just comes to you and you weren't working for it. It just kind of happened. Right. And then it all goes away and you think to yourself, well, what did I do wrong? Right. Then I think self-doubt can really start to creep in. And I think for a lot of people, their self-worth is wrapped up in this thing that they did and that now is no longer providing them opportunities. And it can just be very confusing. And then you're left with this, maybe this money that, you know, I think can have this weird misplaced kind of... Um, um relate it can be, be a weird or misplaced relationship especially with the people that are helping you manage it yeah so you have you know great parents like mine mm-hmm. who the basically best. yeah i look back on that now and i think god how did they know yeah how did they know to make all the right decisions yeah because i'm a parent now and i just hope i'm at least doing half of them right yeah um but to have a kid i'm their only child my parents are not in the business we lived in atlanta I auditioned for this TV show and I got it, and they were like, okay, well, let's just do this in the best way possible. How right. did they know any of this? There's no yeah. manual. Um, so I just, I credit them a lot with, they gave me a real life in Atlanta. Yeah. And my time on the show wasn't my whole life, and it, they wanted me to have, you know, an education and I went back home and I had like, I went, I went to proms and I was in the school musical at home. And right. I, I had opportunities to know that there were differences in life and that when one thing stopped being fun, you had to stop doing it and look for another path. Right. And I think that was one thing that was really helpful for me is that I didn't have all my self worth wrapped up in that job. So right. when that job ended, it was sad, but it wasn't devastating to the core of my being.
0: You knew who you were as a person. Yeah. Beyond that.
1: Totally. And I was also I was gonna go off to college. College was very important to my parents that I went. So I had other things occupying my time and my mind. Um, you know, they were wonderful at investing and set aside a nest egg so that I don't have a student loan. Yeah, that was probably the like one of the greatest things they did for me is that they set I set myself up to be able to go to college. Right, um, which is cool. So you know, there were those things. I also think though that you know. I think there are some people that are are just dispositioned to find trouble wherever it is. And I don't think it matters necessarily if you are a child actor or not. Yeah. I think what we do for a living is difficult um, because it is transient mm-hmm. and it is unsure and uncertain and it's kind of the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And I think that as an adult in choosing this business, because I didn't choose it, it kind of chose me as a child. And then I had to kind of... Choose it again as an adult. If sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And I still, to be honest, I still struggle sometimes with choosing it because I've realized oh, God, I'm at a certain age in my life where if I had chosen a different business 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I would now probably be a vice president of. Schmuckety schmuckety schmuck, right. you know what I mean. But I'd have an office, and I would know how much money I was making every year, and I and could schmuckety, go. Schmuckety
0: schmuckety schmuck has great benefits. Great
1: benefits. <laughs> you know exactly how much you're making. You can You'd say so on your tax spot. return yeah. if yeah. you want to buy something yeah. like a car or a house yes. or go on vacation. You know exactly when that's going to be.
0: I, I think that like uh, what I'm realizing is that sometimes you know when you when you do a mortgage calculator or you do like something where you have to put in what you make every year. Yeah. You're like, this is a crapshoot, It's people. a crapshoot. I don't know what I'm going to make no this year. Idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's it makes you realize that so many other people can just go, oh, yeah, this is what I make. So I'll right. either make this or more at the next job right. because, you know, then I'll just go on to something else. Right. Obviously, there's uncertainty for everything. But yeah. we, even when you are decades into this career you don't know what a year can look like
1: no and I think that is probably you're hitting the nail on the head with what is so difficult this isn't a meritocracy Mm -hmm. we don't win based on merit or how hard you worked or sometimes even how much longevity you've had right oh you've done 14 pilots okay great um you know 12 of those did not go but but you've done that many we should give you a show actually it doesn't work that way no
0: Yeah, it's not like, and once you hit 15, we're like, just give it to just her. Just
1: give it to her. She might She's as well. She's clearly
0: talented. No, it's... It's hard. It's and hard. so,
1: you know, and then there's always like the close calls. There's a um, there's a show that's starting to, to air their uh, promos. And it was a show I tested for this year. And yeah. it was, of course, it comes down to me and one other person, and the other person got it. And now, like, it's going. And yeah. I'm going to, like, see it on TV. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I know. You know? Yeah. It's how many times it's like, don't cry for me, Argentina. I mean, like, this is what we do in this business. So right. it's not like I'm. But there's there, there are to feel plenty bad. of,
0: like, good TV shows that I have a little trouble watching. Sure. <laughs> Sure, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that audition. <laughs> you know, like it's hard to get away from that. i it's, it's, it takes practice, and you yeah. have to kind of separate yourself you from do. it. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, it's a good show. I'm gonna oh, get over right. the thing that happened three years ago. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> as you know, how much money all those people are making. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: But um, it, it how how wonderful that you were able to have an experience as a kid. I love how you say that that you had to kind of decide to be an actor again. Yeah. You know, it's like,
1: and I still, I have to decide every day yes. to go back to work right. and just right. put on my actor shoes right. and decide that I'm going to go on this audition and I'm going to like give it everything I have yeah. and really work on a character. And cause that's the thing for me is the work has always been the fun. I've yeah. never had a problem working. Yeah. I love to work. Right. I love to voice over when I'm doing that. And I, I voice audiobooks and I'm finishing an independent film right now. And I mean all the stuff with Hollywood Darlings has been the most fun I've had in probably 10 years yeah. as an actor. Um which I can get into in a minute, but that is all fun. For me the auditioning is the work. That's the hard. Yeah. Is, you know, getting 6 or 7 pages of sides and learning that the night before and trying to create a character sometimes out of very little or almost nothing. Yeah. And then as a female, making sure that I look good enough to go on this audition and the time and the money it takes to just try to go get a job. That's what's like a little, you know, pounding the pavement is like a little daunting for me at this age.
0: Yeah. I had to audition once for a transgender character or I shouldn't, it was a a drag uh, character. Okay. And so I had to dress as a woman for the audition and it literally changed my perspective on Did what it? actresses have to go through because really? yes because I've never put on makeup sure. at all. Right. To go to an audition, I'm like, "Oh man, I got to iron that shirt." <laughs> you know? Like that's it. Right. And the fact that like oh, I
1: got to wash my hair and take a shower. yeah oh, All right, my, it might, oh, might take 5 minutes. Oh
0: jeez. <laughs> really having to put a lot of effort into this one. Oh, I got to shave that. Right. That's like the extent of it. So the fact that I had to like, I had to go buy makeup. I had to figure out what this character would do. What, how much to wear, Mm -hmm. uh, and nothing when I went shopping was in my size. Oh
1: God, don't you hate that? H and
0: M does not have big enough clothing.
1: Not okay. That
0: is ridiculous. I
1: understand your. I, pain. Really, I was
0: like, this is insane. Like I'm, I'm not the biggest girl ever. Why doesn't? Why is their largest size not fit me at H and M?
1: Well, and then I'm on the other end of the spectrum, where I'm just a wee I'm a very tiny person in uh-huh. all. I'm a five one yeah. and. I go to things, things are always way too long. I can't buy pants and I can't buy long skirts because right. I know I'm going to have to get them altered. Right. And right. that's just another expense that you're I'm just wee, like, Ugh. You're a
0: wee lady. I'm a wee lady. You're a wee, a wee lady. Tiny lady. Um. Okay. tiny lady. But so, that's
1: funny that you, that that actually, I feel like they should I should make my husband do that just so he has a little more respect anytime we go out it, to it, dinner and he knows what I've gone through to look
0: that good. <laughs> I, because I've always, I've always said that I have respect for it or, or you know, I feel bad, mm-hmm. but not until you actually have to do it. Do and it. I was like... It was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, oh. And so I have a very, a huge appreciation for you ladies. Actresses. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so we've known each other a long time. I want to tell this story before we forget what, what just happened oh, on yeah, the way on here. Oh yeah, here. Because you've lived in the same gorgeous home. Oh, thank you. For a long time, right? I have. Like,
1: Yeah. Um, I bought that home when I was 22. Right. And it's a tiny little house.
0: This is where the smart parenting <laughs> yeah. stuff comes in that you...
1: Yeah, you know. I think so. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't waste my money on a lot of silly stuff, but I um, I, I, was very house poor in my 20s because yeah. <laughs> I decided to buy a little tiny house and... Uh, well, I
0: was rent poor, rent. so that's better. <laughs> house poor in your 20s is pretty damn good.
1: <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't care if it, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, hadn't been redone with the finest of anything, and I knew one day I would have to put work into it and stuff. But I just loved the view and I loved the vibe, and, um, and so I was, I made a dumb smart decision, which was like dumb luck, and I just thought at 22, this is what I should do, right. and my parents were kind of like, Ugh, are you right, sure? Right. That's a lot of responsibility. And looking back now. Yes, I'm very happy I made oh, that decision yeah. because I couldn't afford to buy now in yeah, Los Angeles. No. So. It's,
0: it's it's unbelievable. But you, now that you have a, a ch- you're married and you have a child. Yes, you wanted to expand the house.
1: Yeah, because we just had two bedrooms and we yeah. had one full bath. And yeah. for anyone who's ever um, shared their bathroom with their child, um, uh-huh. it's fine for yeah. a long time. And then, but we'd like to maybe have another baby and. You know, maybe stay there for a little while longer. Yeah. So it was either sell and try to rebuy, which makes no sense no. at this point in time. No. Or, you know, maybe add, a, maybe just like a little room over the top, Right, over which, the is you, which, which is what which is what I, I left, we thought we were doing. When I
0: left town, <laughs> yeah. I knew that you were going to add a room, you were going to do like something over the garage, and I knew that you were staying somewhere else Yes, while that was happening. And so I, t- when we made the plan, we, we've been planning this for like a couple weeks Yeah. Now. But when I remember yesterday thinking, you know what? I wonder if she's back in the house or not because it's been six, seven months. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, no, in Hollywood Darlings, she filmed a scene in the kitchen. So they must be back in the house. <laughs> I literally, that's why I didn't text you or ask you anything. And I, that is my... Simple, Ohio-raised brain <laughs> thinking, you watched it recently, so that means it must have right. just happened recently. Right. Not that it was months ago months that you filmed ago. it. Yeah, because In... we filmed
1: last fall. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and, so, then I, and as I told Rory on the phone, and then a month later, we had to pack up all of our stuff and move out because they yeah. were going to start demo. So poor Rory, I get this text, OMG LOL. Your house is gone. (laughs) Your house is gone.
0: I drove there, and I was just having all this nostalgia. I was like, oh, there's where I went for walks with Cody, going up the beautiful hill. And I pull up towards the house, and I see some, like, wood on some construction. And I was like, oh, they must still be putting some finishing touches on. And then I get a little closer. I'm like... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's, it's
1: fenced off. There's, there's no fenced roof. fenced off. I was like,
0: how are we going to do this podcast? I was like, I think there's people working with hammers all around us. And then I realized there's no house. There's no house. You, you don't live there. No. I was like, that is not possible.
1: No. However, we we had redone our one little bathroom. Right. Because it was like falling apart. And I didn't know at this point in time, like how, you know, doing any kind of construction in LA takes forever yeah. just to get the plans approved and all this stuff. So in the meantime, I was like, well, screw it. If we don't get this plan approved, like I don't want to live in this bathroom for another two years because it is a nightmare right now. So screw it. Let's just redo the bathroom. So we start redoing the bathroom. We do this really nice redo on our bathroom and then all of our plans go through and then they're like, okay, we're going to be tearing this roof off. And I'm like, here's the deal. I just redid that bathroom. You need to do everything you can to keep that thing intact because I just sunk all this money into it. And my builder looked at me like I was crazy. But the entire house is in shambles. And that one room is still standing. <laughs> so we brought my mother-in-law and father-in-law over to see the house yeah. and stuff. And my mother-in-law was like, "Ooh, I, I should have gone at the restaurant. I think I have to tinkle." And I said, oh, uh, you know what, Barb? We have a bathroom. That's what we got. Yeah, and it was. I mean, it's you know, it's actually still functioning, which I don't wow. know how. It has no window, but it's functioning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need a window. No, you don't.
1: Know, you don't need a window to function. It's crazy. In the
0: bathroom. Um, no, but it was. It was. It, It's funny just because I have so many memories of that house because you always had us over. I think one of the reasons that we had such a wonderful time at that period of time was because you always had us over to the house after shows. And to have somebody in their 20s and to have had the, the kind of success that you had that was a part of what we were all doing, I think that really gave us a lot of hope and self-respect that we were a part of that with you. And I yeah. mean you know, I grew up watching you.
1: Oh Roy, you don't have to say that just because you're sitting
0: here. I'm not. And you know, <laughs> if if I don't say that to you a lot, it's because, you know, I don't want you to I want you know, like you're my friend and that's yeah. you know how I know you. But you know, TGIF <laughs> Like
1: <laughs> TGIF, I, thank God man. it's Friday
0: and, and and I grew up watching all of those shows I knew who you were and so did
1: I though yeah you know yeah. I mean seriously we had something called book it which I don't know if you book had. it do you remember what? book it was it
0: Pizza Hut yeah, yeah.
1: it was like sit around read uh-huh. five books then you get like you get little stars on your button and then you right. can turn your button in and get a free personalized pan pizza oh
0: my god yes I
1: was a voracious reader so I was a
0: voracious eater. <laughs> See, so it would, it would have been
1: just a match made in heaven
0: had we grown yeah, up together. Yeah.
1: But I would have all these, I would like hoard my bucket pins. And wow. then we would go to Pizza Hut and get the personal pan pizzas and take them home. And I would have my friends over and my mom would let us eat our pizzas and watch TGIF. Yeah. That was my life. And then I got cast on a show that was going to be on that night. You have no idea. I was like, oh my God. I, well,
0: I've made it. You've made it. Well, you did. Well, I made it. And I mean, if you could, well, if you can have
1: <laughs> that moment, at yeah. one moment in your life, I think, yeah. whatever that moment is, you should really always hold on to it as an actor because a, it means something, yeah. and it should mean something to you, and it doesn't matter if it ever happens again mm-hmm. because, you, I feel like fame is so fleeting. In this business, and I, as we get older, and as I say, as you choose it again, it becomes yeah, I booked that job, and then the next day it's like done and over. And then you're like, all right, what's the next what's thing next? I have to do yeah. now? And we kind of get into this cycle of like disposable credits, yeah, where we don't really, I don't know. I think it's hard to sometimes appreciate how Savor wonderful and amazing something is. Yeah, I mean, you must have felt that way, like yeah. opening night of Hamilton. It must have been like, holy shit!
0: Yeah. Yeah, or even, yeah.
1: I mean, Mormon. There have yeah. been lots of moments, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, and I, I've, you know, I've always said that nothing, can, no job can ever be compared to the other one yeah. because it's it's unique and specific to itself, but... Um, When I was in Mormon, I would always say, like, this is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to me in my career. There's, there's There's nothing else that will ever compare to this. And now I know it's true because of Hamilton, because Hamilton is phenomenal. Hamilton is an insanely good job in every single way. But nothing will ever come close to opening... The Book of Mormon to yeah. going from being in you know my temp yeah. job right to being on opening the stage on opening night of, of
1: and doing of all of the workshops and yeah. seeing it through you know right. that's yeah. a lot of time
0: and yeah effort no and it's, energy. it's it's a it's a different investment and um, you know it's the same I remember talking to Bobby Lopez who who wrote um Book of Mormon with uh, Matt and Trey yeah and he wrote Avenue Q and I kind of yeah. had this conversation with him and I said how I felt about Book of Mormon. He said, well, actually, that's how I feel about Avenue Q. Like, even as great as Book of Mormon is, and I'm sure he would say with Frozen and everything else that he's done, nothing will ever compare to the thing that made your dream come true.
1: Right. Because it's the first time it ever happens. Right. So, you know, it's probably like the first time when I watched my daughter the other day um, discover sour cream. Oh. (laughs) And I had given her sweet potato fries and there was just a little thing of sour cream on the side. It was for something else, but yeah. she started dipping her fries in there and and sucked all the sour cream off and looked at me like, Why have you been holding out? <laughs> it's like that it will never be as good again. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's and really it's now the fries have just become a conduit for the sour cream. It's right. really all about the sour cream. I
0: get it. She's my kind of girl. Yeah. I can't
1: wait to meet mm-hmm. her.
0: Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about Hollywood Darlings because I'm super duper obsessed with it. Oh, thanks. I have not gotten to talk with you about it yet, (laughs) other than a few texts. Yes. I am absolutely, I'm not floored because I, I know that you have it in you and I've always known that, but I am just so impressed and. I'm blown away by it. Oh, thank you. Not just because you are so funny on it, which you are. You are so damn good on the show. Oh,
1: start. But
0: but I know, I don't know the story of how Hollywood Darlings... Just like this house, all of a sudden (laughs) I'm here, Hollywood Darlings just showed up.
1: And I was like, okay, this
0: is what Christine's doing now. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I know that you are in charge of it. I know that... You are someone who's always had that drive, and I know that you when you that you just said that you love the work, you don't like mm-hmm. having to audition and and look, you like working, mm-hmm. and you're somebody who sits in a driver's seat when you have the opportunity, yeah, so I want to know how Hollywood darlings came into fruition yeah and and just I want some stories because the nineties. Are back. You're back. bringing them to me, and I and I'm so appreciative. So put how on did, your
1: put on your baby backpack. Yes, break out your chokers. I'm going to take you on a ride. I love, um, I love it. So you know, I think for me, uh, I'll give you the the long and the short of it. For me, um, I've always I've decided about 15 years ago that I I wasn't going to just sit around and kind of wait for the phone to ring. Right. Um, that I knew that. You know, I, what I do is a bit more unique than just playing the, like, pretty girl next door who, you know, it, is the girlfriend of the guy who's the lead in the thing. That's just not going to be my thing. Right. Um, so I had to start creating my own opportunity. So right. I've done that in a couple different ways. And one was a web series I wrote and produced Uh, called Love and Lakin that you can see on YouTube if you still want to see it. We sold it to Hulu and that was kind of like it's a a farce on I play a version of myself but I play a really ridiculous kind of um, sort of, uh, it's kind of a mix of The Office and The Comeback. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a, um, I play a, a very unself aware version of myself. And uh, it's about yep. a girl who used to be on a TV show and thinks that she's still America's sweetheart and nobody knows who the fuck she is. Right. And she just continues to make this like ridiculous documentary about how to make it in the biz. And Jimmy Fox, who is the Hollywood Darling's producer, had seen it and was then in touch with me, I mean, several years after. Um, and uh, I was set up through my manager, and he wanted to meet with me. And said he was. He, I sat down with him. I said, "All right, you know, I don't know who this guy is or what he wants to do, but I'll have a meeting with him." He took me to this really fancy place um, in West Hollywood, and immediately I really liked him. And uh, we had a really nice chat. He loved Love and Lake, and he thought it was super funny. He asked me all about it, and then he started saying, "Well, look, I have this idea." I want to put together a show of like a nineties dream team. And I'm looking to do like three or four girls that people would know from the nineties. I want to create, you know, a comedy. And I said, well, I love that idea. Uh, I'm not really into reality. If that's what you're thinking about doing. And he said, no, not reality, but maybe it's something like what you do with love and like, and maybe it's versions of yourselves. Uh, And I said, all right, well, that's interesting to me. Um, You know, let me know who else is into it and let's see if you know, the dynamics work. So he went off and had a bunch of meetings and kind of then circled back a little while later and said, so, um, I've met with Beverly Mitchell and I've met with Jody Sweeten and they're kind of also interested in this and maybe we could all just sit down and see if this is something that, you know, could work. And do you know them at all? I was like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Yeah, Jimmy, I know them. <laughs> uh, yeah. We grew up in the same right. world, um, right. which is what is so funny and I think
0: Jody Sweeten being on Full Full House, House. Beverly Mitchell, yeah,
1: being on Seventh Heaven, and uh, what I think is so unique about our show, um, and always was from the beginning, is that the three of us all lived a very unique childhood, and we knew each other growing up, even though like we were in different sort of worlds. You know, Jody and I were probably closer because we were on the same lot. We had producers that same producers that produced right. our show. We were both Miller TGIFers. Yeah. yeah. So I would we just had more crossover. Sure. I would see her more often, and we were in the same acting class for a while as kids. Uh. I went to her fifteenth birthday party. I mean, there, like there yeah. was just a lot of um, Beverly. I didn't meet till I was nineteen, but we had a lot of mutual friends in common. This is like yeah. kind of the thing, right? Yeah. So when you have this strange sort of shared experience as a young child, I think it will always kind of bond you in a special and unique way. And um, then we all kind of went off and did our own things and had kids and, you know, lived lives and all of that. So to get back together as adult women in our 30s um, was really great. It was kind of like we'd all gone and done other stuff. And at that point, Fuller House hadn't come back yet. It was sort of a rumor and, it, you know, was matriculating. Um, Beverly had sort of gone off and had her babies and hadn't was sort of in mommy land. Right. And I was at that time uh, with Brandon and we were planning our wedding. So I didn't even have a kid or anything yet. So this took several years to kind of get going. And when we started pitching the show, you know, Jody was still working in treatment, Mm. um, which was something she loved doing and worked in treatment for many years. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about kind of where our lives were at that time and how our childhood sort of shaped us. And, um, And the show just kind of started to formulate. And it wasn't until we had the relationship with Pop and we decided to go make the sizzle that we were all like, okay, wait, but but what's this show about? Yeah. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Like, it's about nothing. And and the network people are like, "Huh?" huh? We had to really like figure out are we all on the same page here? Oh, God, I hope we're all on the same page. Yeah. And doing the sizzle, I think it was very apparent that the three of us had a great rapport. Um, I think they saw that immediately, and then it just took a while for us to finally get the You show really going. do.
0: You guys really have such a great chemistry together. Thanks. And it's not forced. You no. know, it's just, it's really easy. And because you are talking about yeah. your shared experience and where you are now, it's...
1: And look, we're all moms now, which I think is also another bond. Um, Of course, we all are playing heightened versions of ourselves. And Beverly does tend to be one of the more, she's kind of, you know, I would say straight laced or square, you know. um, But she's she's very, um, in real life, she's very type A and she's Uh very organized and she's like super mom. Like she knows all the things and has all the gear and just like, you know, she is working it. Right. Um, and it's, it's admirable. I don't feel half as organized as she is. Uh, and then, you know, Jody is kind of, her kids are a little older and she's sort of having this new kind of resurgence in her career with, with Fuller house. And she's kind of like, like having like a second wave and yeah. it's, it's, and she's so thankful for it. And it's so awesome to see her doing that. And Dancing with the Stars, she just has like a swagger about her now, you yeah. know, that even when I think when we were shopping the show, um, you know, things have really kind of changed a little bit for her and, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's awesome. Like she kind yeah. of has like a newfound freedom. She's not in mommy land as much anymore. Kids yeah. are kind of self-sufficient <laughs> at this right. point. And then, you know, and then there's me, I'm like in the thick of it. I've got a 14 month old, um, we are renovating our house, I have two insane dogs, uh-huh. my husband's in grad school, just graduated Aww, which is awesome amazing. for him but like in the thick of all of it at once yeah. and you know, and I tend to be a little more of the hippy dippy one of the group right. and I, you know, am,
0: I, I I was like yes, I am yes. totally. Th- get, to, get <laughs> <and> her new <laughs> yoga sorry
1: guys. sorry guys, sorry
0: guys I
1: also okay. tend to be totally okay with making a fool of myself right <laughs> Which you and I, you know, I mean, from having done theater, breast milk
0: is poured all over her head.
1: (laughs) The end of this episode. I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. But you know, this was a. It was a lesson for me in. I think you always have to create your own path, no matter what that is, because I think it's the thing that keeps us going as performers. Right. And you never know where that path is going to lead. Did I think Love and Lakin was going to eventually lead to Hollywood Darlings, which was eventually right. going to be on the air now? Absolutely not. But I knew it was going to lead me somewhere. Right. Um, and I, I, I just think you have to try to open your own doors.
0: Yeah. What is it that you. Uh, I think that like people realize that or want to do that, but fear fear is so crippling
1: fear is crippling
0: that it, it's it's really hard to kind of walk through that and say that you can do it or mm-hmm. you know I always feel like I need somebody to give me permission right like, I don't want to be the one to say do this I want someone to say you can do this and I'll tell I'll tell other people that I told them that you should right. do it
1: and I and I I think that is a hurdle that you have to we all as performers have to overcome when I first started writing I was terrified because I was terrified that it wouldn't be any good. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I would put all that, I would put this one great idea out on paper and I would never have another good idea. So I wanted to save it and wait and like, wait till it was perfect and not have anybody read it. And not, you know what I mean? It's like we hold on to these things and actually now, I mean, I've, I've written seven scripts on spec. <laughs> right. um, you know, it's it's still a process, but I've real I've gotten better at it. I realize I have a plethora of ideas. The ideas yeah. will always come. There's always yeah. something new and funny and different. Right. And you actually don't grow, I think, as a performer unless you're putting it out there. Yeah. Because even with you know, worst ever, which is a um, one of my other babies, yeah. I started that as a live show. Um, it was worst audition ever, and then it went to worst ever, and we ran it for three years in LA. And you came and did our, um, you know, our our pilot right. for um, for Pop, and it was so funny. And sadly, they didn't pick it up. Right. It's okay, things happen. Well, but it I made a, a relationship. Yeah, you made a pilot. We're yeah, a, a, a
0: network. Yeah, cool.
1: You yeah. know, and now we have it as a podcast. And I think actually, and the law and I laugh about it, my co-host, that we did it all in reverse. We like yeah. tried to make it like a. You know this huge thing, and now we realize, oh God, the podcast is actually maybe the best
0: version of it because it's
1: so contained and it's really, yeah, it's really fun to do.
0: Um, Well, it's the the funniest part of me contacting you and saying like, would you do my podcast? I was like, yes. Would you do mine? Mine? Ah, I was like that Nerds. is a scene from Nerds. like some sitcom that definitely is going-
1: Portlandia. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Like let's let's get together for lunch and do each other's podcast episodes. Oh god, I hate it <laughs> so much. <laughs> but it, but I I don't I don't really I, I got over the like oh god everyone has a podcast you know, do I real this, there, is there room for me? Right. And, and I realize like a podcast is just having a conversation. People yeah. can listen to it or they don't have to. Right. Like it's, it's not, uh, it's not asking too much right. from people. And that's kind of why I like it. Yeah. But it's also a lot more than just coming up with 140 characters of a tweet mm-hmm. and putting it out there and saying, this is who I am. Like yeah. I know that, that there are people who are listening and it's not, you know, millions, but it's... Oh, I'm throwing things around the kitchen, sorry. <laughs> there, there are people who are listening who want to have these conversations.
1: Who want to connect, yeah. you know? And I think from... Just from having, I mean, I'm new to the podcast world, um, but from the people who have even contacted and just said, oh my gosh, I just listened to the such and such episode that was so interesting or so-and-so had such a great point about that or that was so funny, that means so much to me, you know, that even one person listened. And here's my other thing. And I think we also have to start, stop putting so much pressure on ourselves. I call it the cupcake empire. You know how to bake, and you right. decide to make cupcakes for your friends. And your friends say, oh my God, these cupcakes are so amazing. You should turn this into a business. And then you start making cupcakes for parties. And then all of a sudden, you're you're trying to make a cupcake empire. Right. Not everything has to be an empire. Right. You can just make a cupcake and enjoy the cupcake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like we're sort of, maybe maybe we're just taught to try to make opportunities out of everything. and Not that that's a bad thing. But I think you can also just enjoy things. Yeah. Enjoy doing them and not worry so much about the end result. Yeah. You know?
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really, really valuable lesson for for us because anytime there's any opportunity... You want to jump at it and make the most of it because of things like love and lake and turns, you know, that right. like you learn that lesson and you're like, Oh, that could turn into Hollywood darlings. This right. could turn into something, but it's, uh, you have to have the practice of being present. Yeah. And for me, I have no idea why I'm doing this. I really don't. <laughs> I, I thought I but did. But you
1: look really cute in I have, I've
0: got my, my, I stole my husband's headphones, his Beats. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, those are better for my podcast that make me look professional." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just started doing this, and now I'm realizing that I just want to have a conversation with friends to connect for with an people. hour. Yeah, and 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 when I go to the stage door after the show. Now there's at least one or two people every show who say, I'm listening to your podcast. That's so cool. I know. It's really cool. It's so great because I know that there, that this conversation that I've wanted to have with people my entire career that kind of like, I felt alone, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I got to be tough, but I'm really scared a lot and don't know how to just be a person in this business. (laughs) It's like, it's... It's something I still struggle with, but I'm realizing that people are are wanting to have that conversation too.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I think for, for anyone, any artist that's listening and, you know, that maybe struggles with, oh God, should I keep doing this or should I keep going? I don't think it matters what level you're on. No. You know, I think every single person in this business at some point thinks that. Yes. Even when they are super successful,
0: Absolutely. even during
1: their success. And,
0: it's, and you're and thinking especially. Yeah, and you're thinking
1: to yourself, "Oh my god, but you haven't made." Right. I think it's a constant struggle. And um, you know, I I always go back to the work because the work is what has always made me happy. And if it's not fun, you got to stop doing it. Yeah. You know? My husband and I, because um, my, as I mentioned, my husband and I met doing Truby shows. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he has sort of taken a little sabbatical from acting so he could go back to grad school and just finished and is now getting into his internship and stuff. So he has a little more time freed up from writing 25 page papers, but um, (laughs) super admirable. Um, But he misses it. I know he really does because he'll always have that artist inside him. And uh, we decided that You know, it's not about, it's not about the money. It's not about going on these auditions in Santa Monica to go try to be the next face of Bud Light. Like, that's not the thing he misses. Mm -hmm. He misses getting on stage and just working something out or, you know, doing a play. Or So we decided, okay, we're going to rent a space this summer and we're going to invite a few of our friends on a random Wednesday night or whatever it is and I'll get a sitter and we're just going to have like a three-hour workout. Just a, it's not a structured acting class. Yeah. Bring a scene, someone can, you know These dogs, I swear to God. Someone could guard
0: dogs. <laughs> they're protecting the baby.
1: Someone can like cold read it with you. Yeah. You could work on something, you could yeah. do a monologue. I just I miss the play. Yeah. I miss acting class. I used to be the fav- my favorite night yeah. of the week because I knew that I just got to go and play. And I find that I've just been out of doing that for too long. Yeah. Um I, I think you have to remember to play, yeah. no matter what it is, because I think your and work... And
0: grow and, like, make it, you know, Your work alive. is better
1: when, you, um, when you're when you pushing yourself to just do something different. Yeah. Even if it's not acting, yeah. you know? I have friends that are like, let's go take a painting class. Okay. Right. I'm a terrible painter, by the way. <laughs> like, a really <laughs> awful painter. Right. Better with wine, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> right, sure. If everyone's drinking. Yeah, wine. exactly. No, but, but, I mean, that's, that, that I... I've, I always say like, it's good to have something that's not about being good at it. It's yeah. about what it get, brings to you artistically. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say that Maria Bamford, that comedian yes. who she has a show, lady dynamite on yeah. Netflix and she's a genius comedian. She was on a podcast saying that she's going to UCB classes. Sta- cool. like Level one. Right. And I was <laughs> like, can you imagine like showing up your first day? <laughs> And a woman who's literally like a genius comedian who has her own Netflix right. TV show is like your playing zip zap 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 no <laughs> yeah like I can't really imagine that but it, just hearing her say that gave me the the thought and permission to be like. Yeah, I should be, like, learning stuff. You know, I should right. be, you know, putting myself out there. I took a stand-up comedy class two years I know. ago. I And, and, and I saw, and saw this, you like, perform. Yes, you you were, were
1: so funny. You, you
0: came to, I think, my second time uh-huh. going up. I did. And there were some other people from my class who performed that. Yes. Night. <laughs> and <laughs>
1: Some were, you know, some had the the their material a little more under wraps than others. Right,
0: right. Right, I learned... <laughs> A lot from those people, not just from the teacher, but from like, like really brave people who were showing up to this stand-up comedy class who had never been on a stage before. I know. And I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, I didn't say it to them, but I was like, this is the scariest thing you can do. Like to me it was, but to them, they're like, it's all scary. Like this is, I'm either doing it or I'm not, you know, and this is the the cut. I like comedy and so I don't, they didn't know any better. Right. You know? Right. Like, that you could just go and <laughs> oh, God. be with a group of people at and the God community theater. And God bless that. God bless that. Yeah. I I, I've, I, learned a lot from watching them just jump off the deep end. Yeah. And I, I give think,
1: you a lot of credit for doing that. For that do? class. Yeah. And then getting up there and doing it. Well, thank you. I mean, you. of course you'd be funny. I've seen you do so much in even your own one-man shows. Um, but it is a different beast, I think. It is. And I... Like, that's something that I could see pushing myself to do. But then when, yeah. when I... When push came to shove of me going up there, I can I'm getting sweaty honestly just thinking about yeah. it. Like that I watch scary. Crashing and I watch and I think Pete Holmes is so oh, funny, brilliant. And I have this like I have this like love for his character on that show yeah. because he's sort of like not great he's yeah. kind of like he is funny but he doesn't have any success right. I and mean, it's kind of false he plays it well because he's an incredibly
0: funny man yeah. who is playing this character who's like learning how, learning to, how to yeah exactly learning how to do what he does and
1: I just feel like I would get up there and just uh, I can already envision myself bombing
0: yeah you know what I mean oh I have and I have and there you I go did. there's the fear again yeah yeah <laughs> no I mean you 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 you, you th- that kind of fear is like fear that you have to practice you have to right. like really envision yeah. how badly it's gonna go and right. it, it it takes a very imaginative creative mind to have that kind of fear and we got them luckily yeah um but no it's it's i i think that being around people like you who have always pushed themselves to create to to put themselves out there has always inspired me you you've always inspired me oh, thank and you. i'm so grateful for your friendship thank you um
1: i feel the same
0: i'm so grateful that you brought nicole tom to my wedding <laughs> my god um, tell, we got to tell a story. Sorry. I just want to tell a story before we go. So you were in New York City for my wedding.
1: Yes. I was there for literally like 48 hours. Yeah. And it was about a month before I got married. Right. So Brandon couldn't come with me for some reason. I was like, I'm going to go zip zap. I'm yeah. going to into New York, back, and right. you know, go to the wedding. And, um, randomly I get there and I'm sharing a room with our friend Anna. Right. And I see on Instagram that Nicole's in New York. Right. Now, she's Nicole, who
0: was on The um, Nanny. The nanny. Nicole Tom. Yeah, we she know was the oldest the daughter.
1: And the Beethoven movies, And the too. Beethoven movies, of course. Um, so she had a recurring on Grimm, I think. Uh, so I thought maybe she was working, because she would come in and out of New York, and sometimes she would stay and audition there. Yeah. And, um, she was, she was just there for a couple weeks, but I saw on Instagram, I said, are you in New York? And she's like, oh my God, Christine. Yeah. Let's meet up. Yeah. So she came over and we ended up like going out to, um, the, the village and we went shopping and we had oysters and I said, well, I have to go to this, I'm going to this rehearsal drinks thing. It's probably okay if you come. I think yeah. it's at a bar. It's probably fine. You can come with me. You can be my date to that. Yeah. So she comes and she met, she met all of our friends and stuff. And then you guys invited her to the wedding. Yeah.
0: Gerald was like, oh my God, you have to come to the wedding tomorrow. And I mean, our wedding was like, not like a sit down dinner. It was just a big party in a hall. Yeah. But... I still have friends. She's from like, they school. invited
1: like, me. I'm like, are you sure?
0: <laughs> no, they, they, Gerald definitely did, and and I mean, because he was there when it, I wasn't there when it happened. Right. I was just so excited that yeah, she was there, and that oh, and God. all of our high school friends were like, you have all the child stars from the 90s there. <laughs> I was like, yes, just wait. Well,
1: and then she's like, they invited me to the wedding. I don't have anything to wear, <laughs> and my shoe had broken. The the strap or something broke, and I was like, crap, i got to go buy new shoes. I was like, well, i got to go buy new shoes. Just come with me. We ended up going to um, Patricia Fields, Uh who was the costume designer on Sex and the City. She had a store, and it's no longer there, which is so sad. But I really wanted to go and see it, so I bought some shoes. I said, oh, let's go into Patricia Fields. You'll love it. Three hours later, Nicole and I... She is like buying out Patricia Fields. Wow. And we bought these ridiculous sparkle dresses. Oh, they were. And ahead. I was like, We have to go. I have to get ready for this wedding. And I mean I bear I, I was I almost missed it. I literally like walked in and sat down as you guys were going up the aisle. Oh, I mean, it was not to be believed, but yeah, we had insane sparkle dresses on and Green. we just had, had so a, much fun. Oh, we did. Was, I just was posted that night. picture actually you did. not that long ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was so much fun I and mean, our, our buddy Gary was there. Yeah. It, was a, it was a, it was a good night. That picture
1: of, of all of us yeah. with Gary is yeah. classic. Yeah. Really, really,
0: really great. I really
1: do miss him a lot. You know, I think about him all I, the time. I've been
0: thinking about him so much, like, this month. Yeah. And maybe because it's coming up on a year, maybe yeah. because it was Mother's Day, and I was thinking about how we yeah. did that movie. Um.
1: Oh, my gosh. And you stayed with my parents I during Mother's parents. Day. I stayed like,
0: with parents. I mean, I...
1: My parents ask about you all the time.
0: I, we had the best time. I almost <laughs> didn't come back. I see, we filmed in Atlanta, and so I stayed at your parents' house in Atlanta. Yeah. And you were there for, like, a day.
1: Yeah, we, like, rotated in and out. Yeah. I came in, filmed for a few days, and then I think we were there, like, overlapped one night. Yes. And my mother, this is for all of you guys, my mother was so concerned about Rory. <laughs> Because she was like, "Well, does he? When is he getting in? How is he doing at work? Does he oh, need? Yeah. Does he need me to go pick him up?" I'm like, "Mom, he's a grown man. Like, he lives in New York City. I'm sure he's fine." But she was just like so overly concerned about um, wanting to make she the took experience very great good for care you. of
0: me. And uh, we sat in uh, the back porch, the screened-in back porch, and watched the birds. Which I literally was like, "This is like uh, the zoo." I know. Your it's backyard crazy down there, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I like—I I sat there for hours just watching <laughs> the animal kingdom of the sky I know. come feed at your bird feeder. <laughs> and I
1: was just trying to suck my baby in because I was like four months pregnant oh and God. trying not to show it on screen. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, we both had scenes with Julia Roberts. Yeah. Oh, and we exciting. also uh, were in... Georgia Rule, but you, you yes. were actually in Georgia Rule. I was an extra. I've <laughs> made up a backstory. I was your boyfriend oh, driving the car. Yes. You were You were actually in the movie.
1: Well, I yelled slut, slut.
0: Yes, while I drove a car, yeah. you yelled slut, slut at Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, and,
1: Lohan. and then she tried to run me over with a truck in right. another scene. Right. But yes, I believe that I agree with that, that you were my boyfriend. I
0: was the boyfriend. Yeah, you're
1: the boyfriend. We were definitely not having sex. I,
0: no. Well, For we sure. were Mormon. Yeah. And no, we were no, very, was, very religious in that movie. Yes. No, we had a, I, I mean... We had never way. even kissed. No. We had
1: probably not even held hands.
0: Clearly not. No. No touching. <laughs> um, but we also did... Remember we did the reading of it?
1: Yes. With yes. Jane
0: Fonda... Yes. Felicity Hoffman and Lindsay Lohan.
1: In the upstairs in of the Falcon. In the upstairs Falcon.
0: of the Falcon at the rehearsal room. Yes. That was like one of the that craziest was... days I ever. Know.
1: I couldn't even believe that we were all in this... Like in the same room. Yeah, there were like twelve
0: people in the rehearsal room, including us and those three actresses with Gary and the screenwriter, and just (laughs) people reading the script. And I had highlighted all of my lines. I was I was reading the like heartthrob Garrett. That's right. Garrett.
1: Oh, what's his name? Um, Who did that um, part?
0: Garrett Headland. Headland, insanely handsome, gorgeous man. I'm reading that part. With Lindsay right, Lohan, right, and I have done all of my text work. I have, I've, met, I'm off book for this reading, and Lindsay Lohan can barely get through the sentences. It's like she literally had never read it before. No, or something.
1: she's like never read this, and for, she never for looked life. me
0: in the eye. And I was sitting right next to her, and oh. I was literally performing like it was the audition of my life. I know. <laughs> I'll never forget that.
1: Well, and then I got to set, there was one day I got to set, and we yeah. were, I wasn't even supposed to be there, and I get a call, a frantic call from Heather, his assistant, who right. was like, can you, how, um, can you get here right now? I was like, where are you? And she's like, oh, we're up at Franklin Canyon, I said, uh, yeah, I can be there about 20 minutes, get here as fast as you can. I'm like, okay, <sighs> and I like ran over there, and like, they're putting me in my Mormon outfit, I literally look like, I think I was 28, i playing 16, I yeah. mean, it's not even a joke, I look... So young in this film, it's ridiculous. You do, you do. and um, she hadn't was she was having a rough day, hadn't shown up for work one of those days, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just had to film something because if they didn't, they, they were going to shut the production there. down. <sighs> so they take me to Gary, who was sitting under this tent, yeah, just as cool as a cucumber as he always was, yeah. and he's got a legal pad in front of him and he's scribbling, you know, yeah. and he had a toothpick in his mouth like he always like would chew on something. He's scribbling and goes, "Hello." Come here. And then he he scribbles and he rips the thing off uh-huh. the legal pad and he goes, can you say this? Yeah. He literally wrote a scene. Yeah. Just wrote lines down on a legal pad and gave them to me. Chicken scratch. It looks like a doctor's see, Sometimes he would handle
0: <laughs> those off of a, a before Notes. we went on stage. stage. Yes. He'd be like, oh, here, say this line. Give it a shot. We'll give see it what a
1: happens. Give you know? it a shot. And I was like, uh, yeah, I can say this. He's like, great. Go in the bushes. You're looking at it. You're spying. We're going. I remember that scene. I was like, scene. okay. <laughs> I mean, the bushes. And it made it, 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 it. in the cut. Made it in the movie. It was just too funny yeah oh man
0: <laughs> yeah no i I miss him more than ever it's, yeah it's but it it's really amazing the amount of people that he brought together and the wonderful
1: unbelievable
0: just i I mean we're gonna be friends. Forever, yeah. I mean that that whole network of people is are just the greatest folks.
1: Joe Bari and I talk all the time about yeah. like when we're having like rough days. Yeah, um, he's like, so when are we opening the pizza place in Ojai? You know, because that's yeah. the escape plan. Yeah, is that one day we'll just open the pizza place and we'll all just move up to Ojai and be yeah. artists in this little right.
0: community and yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's you great. can come. I, okay, great. Yeah. I can't make the pizza, but I'll eat it. Yeah. No, that's fine. We'll get book it.
1: We, just, we need voracious eaters.
0: <laughs> for, yes. That, and that's what I am. I will definitely eat.
1: Oh, my God.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank uh, you for having me. Of course. It's and now I'm going to do your podcast.
1: You are. It's so exciting. Can that's I tell insane. people where they can find me?
0: Please. Please.
1: So I'll just be totally annoying no, and uh, tweet myself out right now. Yeah, um, you can find me on all social media at Yo Laken. Yo Laken. Yo, like Lakin. Yo uh, And check out my podcast too, because Rory's going to be on it. It's worst ever podcast. It's I can't very exciting. Wait you can find know. us on social at Worst Ever Podcast. I have a lot
0: of worst ever options. I think I know what we're talking about. I think you
1: probably do too. Yeah. <laughs> but I have some other stuff I want to ask okay, you about.
0: Cool. I'm a little worried, but you know, we'll see what happens. Um I love you. It looks like it looks like we're gonna get Great. started. The dogs are ready for team. Um I love you. Thank you for I love doing you this. too Audition side jobs, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream.